Today on May 25th, we have several saints we could commemorate. We have Saint Venerable the Bede, Saint Bede the Venerable, uh, and then Saint Mary Magdalene de Pazzi. And the one we're celebrating today in this mass is Pope Saint Gregory VII. Pope Saint Gregory VII was a pope from the 11th century. And he was a pope considered one of the great reformers of the church, uh, right up there with Pope Leo the Great and Pope Gregory the Great. He did a lot in the 11th century to fight the evils that were in the church at that time. He had to fight lay investiture, which was basically the civil authorities, uh, the kings and princes and governors of, the, the, of different areas of Europe at that time, appointing bishops and other clerical positions. Pope Gregory had to fight that. He had to fight uh, simony in the form of uh, people buying uh, the seat of bishoprics. So basically, people buying their position to be the bishop uh, or having their nephew made a bishop. He had a fight against that evil. And then he also had a fight against celibacy, the vow of celibacy not being lived out amongst the clergy. Because as you can imagine with a lot of these civil appointments, some of these priests and bishops weren't actually interested in being uh, true priests and bishops. And so they weren't living out uh, their vow of celibacy. So Pope Gregory had a lot to deal with in the church at that time. And it's a good reminder for us that the church has never been in a perfect, ideal state. We are a church made up of sinners for sinners, and we always are in need of constant renewal. We are always going to have our ups and downs, times of more glory, and then times of more shame. But the Lord seeks to use all of us, his disciples, as instruments of his reform. And in Pope St. Gregory VII, he accepted that invitation and he suffered for it. He had to deal with Emperor uh, Henry IV and Emperor Henry, uh, you know, started making up lies, started slandering the Pope's name which you can imagine at that time with the rape news spread, uh, could also be hard to clarify and cleanse your name. Uh, but eventually, in their kind of battle between uh, the Pope and the Emperor there, uh, Pope Gregory had to excommunicate Henry, had to excommunicate the Emperor <clears throat> to make it clear to him the, the state of sin he was and the way he was helping other Catholics be led astray. You know, Pope Gregory wanted to make it clear, you know, the danger that not only Henry's soul was in, but the danger that there was in following him as, you know, a ruler for Catholics. And eventually, the other princes and rulers of Europe uh, started to not support Henry. So Henry realized he needed to repent. He needed to get back in communion with the church. Uh, and it seems like, you know, maybe 
not so much for the sake of his own soul, but maybe rather just for his own authority, but it did make it clear to him he needed to repent. And so in the middle of winter, in January, he walked penitentially, walked all the way from Germany across the Swiss Alps into Italy to meet the Pope and uh, waited out in the cold barefoot for three days until finally the Pope accepted to see him and reunited him back into communion in the church. You know, that's just one example of uh, the Pope needing to take maybe a drastic measure to make it clear the need for Henry's reform and for that reform in the church. Eventually, though, <clears throat> Henry, you know, went back to his evil ways and even used his power to continue to persecute the Pope. Eventually, the Pope was exiled. The Pope died in exile in Salino in 1085, and his final words were recorded as, I have loved what is good and hated what is evil. Therefore, I die in exile. Pope Gregory loved what is good and hated what is evil, and therefore he knew that he would suffer for it, and he was content. He died in peace in exile, knowing that he was fighting for the Lord's cause, fighting to purify his church. And it's a good reminder for us to pray for our bishops, our pope, for that reform in the church today. You know, so often, you know, I hear uh, so many of the lady complain, uh, you know, rightfully so, of the need for reform in the church today. There is much needed to pray for today, much that needs to be worked on. But we can't ever let that anger get a hold of us. We can't let that anger turn into bitter, bitterness or resentment or especially never hatred for anybody, anybody that we you know, seem to cause uh, you know, all the problems. Rather, we need to focus on what can we do? You know, Pope St. Gregory, he was put in a position in which he could reform the church in a vast, grand scale. But not all of us are going to be in that position. So what can we do? How can we help reform the church? Well, first, by focusing on reforming ourselves. Focus on reforming yourself first, because nothing else will matter if you can't get that in place. <clears throat> we just celebrated last week uh, Marian's Founders Feast Day, St. Stanislaus Pepchinski, and he wrote a book called Mystical Temple of God. And Father Joe Roche, is, uh, has been doing a podcast on that book, going through it. So if you want to go through that book easily, you can follow along with Father Joe Roche on his podcast on the mystical temple of God. And in there, St. Stanislaus talks about how, you know, with our baptism, we are temples of God. And, you know, as a temple, we are basically a, a, a church, a temple in which God dwells in. 
And so does not this temple need constant purification and reform? And so in that mystical temple of God, St. Stanislaus goes through all the different ways on building up a great and glorious temple for God and different ways to reform that temple. And then after focusing on ourselves and reforming, you know, getting rid of vices and growing in virtue, it's also important to focus on our families. What can we do to reform our family? And there's a great line in Vatican II that says, the family is <clears throat> a domestic church. And so for the laity, focus especially on reforming that domestic church. Is there something in that domestic church, in that home, which is also causing much evil? Is there something really calling for great reform? Is there maybe uh, lust or sloth incited by the television going on? Or is there anger or is there greed or jealousy being formed and fostered in that home? Focus then on rooting out all those evils, those capital vices, those seven deadly sins. Focus on getting rid of that, especially pride, and build up a home of humility. And then as you root out those vices, focus on growing those virtues in the home. Build up a Catholic culture in the home so that that Catholic culture spreads to your parish and in through the whole church in the country and around the world. And how do we do that? Well, you have to focus on building up good habits, good habits of daily prayer every day, you know, on our own. We have to pray, you know, again, reforming ourselves, but then it's important to pray together as a family. You know, as Father Patrick Payton said, the family that prays together stays together. And I've seen the fruit of that in my own life, but especially now when the devil is attacking marriage and the family so fiercely, it's not even enough just for a family to pray together. We need to focus on building up good habits every day beyond just prayer. Prayer, of course, being that essential foundation, but build up that prayer, especially with the rosary, like Our Lady of Fatima says, pray the rosary daily. She appeared to us saying that for a reason in this past century. But then also, what can you do to help foster a Catholic culture within the home? Build up that time of prayer, together, you know, maybe if you're dropping off the kids at school, you know, say, make sure to pray on the way to school. When you're putting your kids to bed at night, uh, you know, help the kids to pray at night, you know, remind them to be thankful, you know, ask them what are they thankful for the day so that they can count God's blessings. Teach them the act of contrition to say every night. Teach them to pray to the guardian angel, St. Michael the Archangel, their patron saint. You know, all these are essential. You know, maybe pray the Angelus together at noon and six o'clock. Uh, make sure to pray before meals. All these things will help build up good habits of good Catholic culture, which again reforms and purifies, builds up that domestic church. And then on certain days, you know, like Sunday, is Sunday a day 
sanctified for the Lord? Is that a day in which the family goes to church together and has a day of rest together? You know, even Friday, is Friday a day of penance, abstaining from all meat? Or if not that penance, some other penance? You know, it's good to do it together as a family instead of just individually, even though that is an option. All these things will help build up that domestic church. And so in building up your own temple of God and that domestic church, that is what you can focus on instead of getting angry about all the problems in the church. That is what you can focus on. And I promise you, it won't exactly be always easy. It'll be peaceful because you know you'll be doing it with the Lord. And in that peace, you know, you start kind of riding into those good habits, those virtues. But in those difficulties, especially as you seek to reform and get rid of those vices and those problems in the house and within yourself, that can all be offered up for the church. That can all be offered up for the reform that is needed on a more grand scale on the church. Because if that is offered up out of love, the Lord can do much with that. And the Lord desires to be one with you, and that is why we seek to reform ourselves. The Lord desires to be one with your family, and that is why we desire to reform our family so we can remove all that is not of Christ and be one with Christ. And in that, then as we individually and as families keep reforming until we are one with Christ, that is how the church on a whole will eventually be one with Christ. And that is the prayer of our Lord the night before he died, that in lifting his eyes to heaven, he prayed, Father, may they all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that the world may believe that you sent me, says the Lord. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. 
That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.